0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. As many people may know, one of the mission statements for The Randy Report is to support out artists, whether it be in the arena of television, film, music, or otherwise. And so today I'm thrilled that I'm going to be speaking with one of my favorite indie artists, Eli Lieb, who recently released his new album, The Nights We Lived. Eli began his professional music career in New York City, where he started working on his songwriting and performing. He released a debut solo album in 2011 and was soon featured in Us Weekly, out in other national publications. Following the death of his father in 2012, though, Eli took a professional sabbatical and returned home to his home state of Iowa. During that time, Eli began recording covers of songs that were popular, and in doing so, began to develop a loyal fanbase on YouTube. In 2013, a two-week trip to Los Angeles became a relocation. That began a series of collaborations with artists, writers, and producers including Adam Lambert, Cheyenne Jackson, Hey Violet, Lore Marano, Forever In Your Mind, Crystal Bowersox, and Stacey Jones. In July of 2013, Eli released what many consider his first official single, the power pop anthem Young Love, music blog Idolator called it an instantly catchy, uplifting pop rock anthem that sounds like a cross between Katy Perry and Bruce Springsteen. Thanks to that strong pop hook and its message of living out and proud, the song and the music video struck a chord with people. Over the following months, Young Love garnered over 2 million YouTube views. In October of 2013, Eli was inspired to record a cover of Wrecking Ball after hearing it only once. Within two hours of posting it online, it went viral and was promoted in social media by singers Adam Lambert and Lucy Hale and celebrities like Rosie O'Donnell and Bob Harper. His cover of Wrecking Ball reached one million views in under a week, and in less than a year, the video had been viewed over three million times. In 2014, Eli was approached by a major ad agency to write an original song for Allstate Insurance's Out Holding Hands campaign. Eli wrote a song titled Safe In My Hands that accompanied an animated short film of the same name that was released in June 2014. The feeling and the message of the song got the attention of the producers of ABC Family's The Fosters, which chose to feature the song in the second season finale. Eli's newest album is an introspective collection of songs that lies right in the sweet spot of mainstream pop music— Eli says that he wrote and recorded all of the songs himself after moving away from Los Angeles. We'll get to his exit from L.A. in the interview. Eli called the album's title track, The Nights We Lived, his most intimate that he's released yet. Eli says, It documents specific time periods in my life. I picked this song as the title track to the album because the whole record is an accumulation of experiences that have led to who and where I am today. I've been a fan of Eli's for years, having featured him on The Randy Report many times. I love mainstream pop music, and Eli knocks it out of the park every time. Let's take a listen to The Nights We Lived, and then chat with the oh-so-talented Mr. Eli Leap.
1: When I was 20, I moved to New York City. Couldn't wait to feel the pavement beneath me. Couldn't wait to act just like a fool i tripping home drunk with someone who is pretty Not going to sleep until the light hit the city Waking up in the afternoon Cause those were the Ever the last of his karma There was one thing he said to me He said live your life like there's nobody stronger Live in love with your mom and your brother Cause nothing lasts except the memories Cause these are the Charmer plotting to destroy all of me. That's when I learned what love and abuse was. Yeah, I think I still have a few of his scars. If you look closely, you can.
0: this is randy slavacek hi how are you doing good how are you awesome i wanted to talk to you about your new album the nights we lived i have been i'm going to say this up front i'm not just someone who picked up your album two hours ago and started listening go oh he's really cool i've followed you for years i've been buying your music for years i follow you on twitter I just think you're terrific. I am a big fan of what I consider mainstream pop music. I think there sometimes there's almost a snootiness about people not wanting to write a song that people can hum or get behind the lyrics because we connect to the lyrics. And I think your songs do all of that. And so I followed you for a long time because of those skills in your music, your lyric writing, and your 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 melodies and everything. So you have this new album, The Nights We Live. By the way, the title track is my favorite song. Not that I should have a favorite, but I do <laughs> like it a lot. Um, I understand you, that song alone, you've called the most intimate thing you've recorded. Can you talk about that? Yeah,
2: well, first of all, I want to thank you for being such a longtime supporter of me. Um, That means a lot. Yeah, that song... Is definitely the most intimate thing I think that I've ever put out. And I didn't really intend to do that. I mean, none of the songs that I write, I really have like a severe intention for them. They just kind of come out. And this one just came out that way.
0: I love that it touches on different touch points in your life, which brings it to the personal. You did note that one of the songs wasn't specifically about a specific thing. It was just something that came out of you. That was round and round, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that I was really thinking about specifically, but I can definitely apply that song to many situations I've been in in my life. Mm -hmm. A lot of songs are about a very specific situation or person, and that one is more of a generalized thing, you know, that you have with people. (laughs) But a lot of times my songs, they really do just come out. When I look back at, if I listen to them and I look back at it, It's almost like I don't really remember writing it. Whatever comes out, I just let it be, and it'll very quickly start to manifest, and I'll understand what it's about. If it's about a specific person, a specific situation, or something that's more of just telling a story that anybody could relate to and, you know.
0: You know, it's interesting. I I talked to so many singer-songwriters, and... Music is such a therapy for so many people, especially when you're writing it, because it's a way of getting it out of you. And I do know that, that most of the songs that you write actually do come from specific moments or relationships that you, that you write, that you've had. The first track on the new album, Fall For You, almost echoes a sense of journey. You, you actually paraphrase a lyric, I think, to take us back. Am I thinking about the right song, Fall Free? Yeah, yeah, no,
2: there's a specific journey reference in there.
0: But I think it's brilliant because it tells us some something and it takes us somewhere immediately within a span of like four notes or something. It's it's not a big reference, but anyone who knows the song or know what, where you're going. And you also start with such a great lyric because the lyric starts uh, something about, I remember when we met drunk outside that bar, and, and it's just a specific thing. Thing that the people can relate to. Immediately, they're in the place. Are you aware when you're writing of creating those moments or, or creating that connection to the listener? Or is it purely about your communication with yourself?
2: It is purely about my own communication with myself. I really, I mean, that being said, I also want to make things that people will relate to and like, but I don't purposely have to do that. I find that if I'm just writing from my own life experience, we all kind of go through the same thing, you know? So mm-hmm. if, I'm as, if I'm the most authentic I can be to myself, I think I will undoubtedly write stuff that people will relate to because my life is just like anybody else's. I mean, we all have our differences, but we all have the same experiences too, you know? We've all met somebody drunk at a bar, unless <laughs> don't drink at all, but <laughs> most people have met somebody drunk at a bar. <laughs> I write songs and I somehow have managed to be able to put experience into a song. And so I just try to be as literal as I can with an experience with also making it work within the realms of song and rhyming. But it always seems to just work. Like I was saying earlier, it just kind of comes out of me and then I look back at it and I don't really even understand how it was formed so well.
0: (laughs) Sometimes when you get something out of you, it's like it's almost been i don't want to say purged but you've you've transferred this thing out of you or something so yes. i totally relate to that can i ask a question because i do follow you i follow all your music i follow you on twitter you wrote the song hollywood
1: when mm-hmm. you left
0: la i think that was about nine, eleven months ago and you were very open about it was it was a bad experience for you can you Share a bit about that because I I feel like as a writer, but also as a fan of yours, I was wondering what it was that drove you out of L.A. I get the discontentment in the song. I get, and I lived in L.A., so I understand how it can be grating for most people. But would you mind sharing a little? What was it about L.A. that? that- yeah, I mean, first of all, I do want to say that like I I have a lot of
2: friends that still live there that I care about, and I met great people there. And L.A. can, you know, it's everybody has a different experience. For me, it was just. The way of life and the way that people generally treated you and were treated, it just, it's not any form of life that I want to live. I'm very uh, passionate about my career, but it's not like the be all of who I am. I really want to be happy in my life and have good personal connections with people and just live s- simply. And LA, I found it was just so like. Ep- dog eat dog and every cliche you hear about it is true. It's very, very hard to find a genuine relationship and to trust a genuine relationship because everybody has some ulterior motive. And the second, like, if they think you're a shiny object, they're all over you. And then the second they see any kind of scuff in that shine, they're gone. And it's just not pleasant. (laughs) And in the entertainment industry, The idea of rest and treating yourself well does not exist. (laughs) You work basically 24 hours a day, even if you're sick. If there's an opportunity that comes, this happened to me so many times where I was totally sick, but an opportunity came up. And if I didn't do it, the opportunity was gone. You know, there's always somebody else wanting to jump into your spot and people aren't willing to wait. So it ran me down so hard to the point where I was very unhappy and just sick all the time, and that I couldn't live like that.
0: Well, I totally relate to where you come from with it. And I think that's why I wanted to ask the question, having moved out of LA myself, but I completely hear everything you're saying about LA. It is a dog-eat-dog kind of thing. And if you you aren't thrilled to be in that game, it's hard to stay in it, it really is. There are people that love it. There are people that absolutely do. Um, And I see them all the time. I did want to ask, about the future gangster remixes, because we know who Future Gangster is, and it's you. And you you revisit your own songs, which is awesome. I love the Hollywood remix; it, it's like a whole new song, practically.
2: I kind of looked at those as being just n- new productions of it, rather than like you know remix. And you always need a name for the remix. So a friend of mine just decided one day to start calling me that for no reason, and I liked it. And then I just like applied it to that to those remixes. So now if I ever make some weird other version of a song of mine,
0: I'll know how to name it. And actually the remix of Hollywood, if you had ever played that for me first, would, would sound exactly what I would think the song would be. Except I know the first version, which I like also, so.
2: What's really funny about first version is what I have noticed being a musician and having people that listen to my music, no matter what the two versions are of a song, people Always like the first version they hear better. Uh, yeah, the second yeah. version yeah. is better. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> not just like Hollywood; that's the case. But like, you know, you people, and you have this also in the music industry when you write songs and you're making a demo and you send it around. People get this thing they call demoitis, and you hear the demo of it, and then you hear like the, a fully produced one, and people are like, well, I kind of like the demo better because <laughs> it's just what you heard first. <laughs> right. I'm not like that. I constantly like. What's newest? Like, if I make music,
0: I tend to hate what I do. Like a year later, I know a few songwriters like that. I know a few people. I know you. You did like a stripped down. Zeppelin is one of my favorite songs, and Thanks. Zeppelin is so what it needs to be. Now that you've told your story about hearing it first, I have to say I know you did the stripped down version of Zeppelin, and I do like the first version better, but probably because I just know it. Well, the first version is better. I mean, that's a, an
2: that's an exception.
0: <laughs> um, to the remix rule,
2: the little like stripped down version was something I just like made in my room in a day, you know. Zeppelin, um, the fully produced one was like a full LA production.
0: Oh yeah, and it was awesome, just a terrific, terrific song. So totally on my my pool playlist every weekend. I'm um, speaking of things you make. You record and rep- produce this whole album. Is this the first time you produced a whole album on your own? Um, I mean, one that I would like to represent <laughs> i've I've
2: done older music that if i i cannot listen to at all because it's just sort of me starting out and not knowing what i was doing um but this is like the first thing that i've done since i think i've like had a career that's mm-hmm. just a hundred percent me and i'm that i'm very happy with like when somebody plays it i feel like i can stay in the room and be like yes i made that <laughs>
0: Well, I have to tell you, you—I know you want an album that represents you, and every single track on the new album sounds like an Eli Lee song, it, and in great part because of the production. It's very—I'm not a music producer, but but I'm a fan of pop music. It feels very full and very fat and very strong. And I was just listening to something yesterday, and you kick in with almost these arena drums near the end of something, like you're you're playing. Shay Stadium or something. It just sounds big. And I love it. It it doesn't it doesn't put me off. It doesn't feel like heavy metal that makes me feel intimidated. It just feels like a song that you want to get up and dance to and
2: I'm putting a lot of those big drums in. I'm I love 80s music so much.
0: Ah, that's I'm where like, it comes from.
2: I've been trying to incorporate it more. You know, if I had my choice of like full career, I would have done the like 80s power ballad Brian Adams. Sure. That's like, and also my voice, that's what my voice is. You know, so many voices now in current music is very R&B sounding, You're like Nick Jonas, like that kind of Justin Bieber. But me, I'm like kind of an old school power anthem rock voice.
0: Oh, and I love it. Two more questions. I'll let you go. Um, you released your first single, Young Love, in 2013, five years later you're out of LA, as an independent music artist, do you think about the state of the industry? Do you feel like it's changing? Obviously it changes a lot year to year, different things are happening in terms of the business side, but but do you feel like it changes a lot? It Does it become more and more challenging for indie artists? I mean, it's changed
2: so much,
0: even just since I
2: released Young Love. I think that it is becoming more challenging for indie artists who are starting out now, because I feel like indie is kind of like mainstream now. right? So it's almost like labeled artists are now going indie, which what then what are like real indie artists who like have no choice but to be indie, you know? Right. The internet has just got crazier. Social media is crazier. You know, when I started YouTube, I wasn't the first one by any means, but there were a lot less people doing it back then. So it was much easier to be seen. And now it's just like you get so lost in the mix and it's hard to keep the numbers up for sure.
0: I will say, you have like 46 million views on your YouTube channel, which is pretty fabulous. So that's wonderful. One more question, and this may be the most important question I ask you. Yanny or Laurel? Oh, it
2: was Laurel, 100%.
0: Totally. Okay, right? I'm being funny, but I love how how these things kind of take over social media. And I I noticed on Twitter, you you got involved and you were like (laughs) being very adamant it's Laurel.
2: It is. <laughs> I, mean, I, when I hear it. I literally hear a very clear Laurel. I hear no form of Yanni, And I've actually talked to my other musician friends and they all hear Laurel too. And my theory with it and what people have said is that the Yanny is a very high pitched frequency and harmonic. Mm-hmm. I think musicians who've been in studios and on stages and had things in their ears a lot, like ha- have been exposed to the loud music, probably they have their higher frequency is not as well defined anymore because they've kind of blown them out so we gravitate towards the low glow end stuff
0: ah Laurel was i love that you have a total answer for why people are hearing it that's awesome <laughs> i have to because it's the weirdest thing i mean i was in a room with three of my friends yesterday and i played
2: them it and they're all like it says yeah i can't even hear laurel and i'm like you're insane. I hear Laurel so freaking clearly and I can't even hear you. It was it, it totally messed with my brain all day.
0: Oh my god, I love that. And that's why I love following people on social media because sometimes when people get on a rant and I'll just well not a you weren't on a rant, but you're being quite funny yesterday asking for high fives and it's Laurel. <laughs> It is Laurel. I thought it was I thought it was very entertaining. Listen, I know you're on a tight schedule. Thank you so much for having the time to chat. Congratulations on the new album. As a fan, I appreciate it. Thanks.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Listen, I really do appreciate your music. I know when you're making it sometimes by yourself, you may not know how much people do, and I'm glad it's out there. I,
2: I appreciate it. It it's the thing that makes me keep on going.
0: <laughs> Listen, have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Thanks, you too. Bye. I want to remind you all that The Nights We Lived is available now at all digital download sites, and I really encourage everyone to go buy it now. I did. And here's a point. So often I hear folks from the LGBTQ community wonder why we don't have more big out artists in music, film, TV, or otherwise. Well, we do have great artists, and if we want more, we have to support. Listen, I'm not going to bring you some second-rate act, kids. Eli's awesome, so go get it. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of LGBTQ news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Since we discussed the song, I'm going to close this episode with Eli's song, Hollywood, from the new album, The Nights We Lived. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. Driving
1: alone on the 405 to nowhere Stars in my eyes Stars in my eyes Talking to ghosts on the corner Vine and sunset Blood in their eyes Blood in their eyes Do you ever wonder What it's like to be happy You're holding on Good, and I'm so fucking sick of Hollywood. All of the ghosts of Hollywood. Be. You're holding all these flowers, but you can't smell the thing. In the of Hollywood